welcome to episode number 13 of Sean's Sports Show. Today, we are coming at you live from the city that never sleeps, Sedona, Arizona. I kid, I kid. Nothing's changed around here. We're coming at you live from Los Angeles, California, the city of angels. We're going to be talking about a variety of things today. Uh, we're going to be we're going to start off by talking about breaking news inside the world of sports. There's a, a lot of stories today, but first we're going to start off with something that is very painful for me to talk about. It has to. It involves the Los Angeles Dodgers uh, of the main of the National League West in the Major League uh, Baseball. Uh, so. Their star third baseman Justin Turner, or our star third baseman Justin Turner, suffered a broken wrist in a spring in, in a spring training game on Monday. Um, Bill Shockin of the Los Angeles Times noted that the slugger is unlikely to return before the month of May, and cited the the six weeks uh, Freddie Freeman of the Atlanta Braves and nine weeks George Springer of the Houston Astros missed because of prior broken wrists. Um, yeah, so he was he he broke his wrist when he was hit by a pitch directly. In my opinion, this is a significant blow for the Dodgers, considering Turner has, you know, become one of the major league's most feared hitters over the past few years. Last year, uh, he hit 322 with 21 home runs and 71 RBIs, uh, and he it was his first season as an All Star. Um, Logan Forsythe, I think, is probably Turner's most likely replacement on the defensive side of the ball at third base, and then Chase Utley is going to probably take over Forsythe starting. Uh, duties at second base and then the very versatile Chris Taylor could could move from the outfield into the infield and play you know either second base or third base depending on depending on what's needed um, now switching gears to NBA basketball uh, Steph Stephen Curry is targeting a return on Friday against the Atlanta Hawks from his injury he kept a sprained ankle kept Curry out since March 8th Golden State has gone two and four in his absence um, and obviously Clay Thompson was a thumb injury, and Kevin Durant, who has a fractured rib, are also injured. Um, it's it's been another great season for Curry. You, you know he is averaging twenty six point three points on forty nine point four shooting, including forty two point four from three point range with six point two assists and five point five point one rebounds per game. Uh, Golden State obviously they have a record of fifty three and eighteen, and they've already clinched, you know, the the best record in the Pacific Division, and they're they're pretty much a lock at the two seed in the Western Conference. However, it would be tough, in my opinion, to catch the Houston Rockets with the number one team in the West, who hold it, who are three and a half games ahead for the top spot with with only eleven games to play. Um, so yeah, this is it's good news for the Warriors, I and mean, just unfortunate that he's uh, that he has been injured for a while and they haven't been playing well. Now switching gears back to the MLB, the New York Yankees and Boston Red Sox are r- reportedly negotiating a two-game series in London in 2019. Um, according to Janet Paskin and Scott Soshnick of Bloomberg, the, the Yankees and Red Sox are closing in on an agreement to play the two games. Um, if the series will happen, the games are going to be held at London Stadium, which hosted several events at the 2012 Summer Olympics, including the opening and closing ceremonies. Um, the stadium can hold up to 66,000 fans, 66, fans for sporting events. Uh, obviously, the MLB has a history of playing uh, regular season games in Japan, Mexico, Australia, and Puerto Rico, but it's never been a, a, it's never been played in Europe. Um, in July of 2017, the MLB collective bargaining agreement, uh, technically known as the CBA, stated that 13 series would be played in foreign countries from 2018 through 2021. Um, 
the NFL and NBA obviously had games in London. Um, yes, yeah, so, I mean it looks like it looks to me that um, you know the MLB wants to kind of expand their publicity and their uh, their game to other countries, where obviously soccer is dominant in Europe and England. Now switching gears to WWE, something that we haven't talked about. Daniel Bryan uh, is cleared to return to, to wrestling after over two years off with concussions. Uh, according to WWE.com, several neurosurgeons, neurologists, and concussion experts cleared Bryan more than two years after he was forced to retire. Um, in, the, in February of 2016, Bryan gave an emotional retirement speech on live television and later explained that, that he was told there was a, a lesion in, on his brain. He also revealed that he suffered seizures as a result of concussions. However, in recent weeks and months, Brian has openly talked about getting cleared by independent neurologists and having the, you know, the desire to return to the ring. Uh, last week, I saw an interview. Um, um, Brian was interviewed by Joshua Gangan of WrestlingInc.com, and he said his chances of getting cleared were increasing, and that there were WrestleMania plans in place um, if he was going to get cleared. Quote, as of this moment, as of today, I am not cleared by WWE. I have done everything in my power, everything they have asked me to, to, and I have gone above and beyond as far as, okay, what doctors do you need me to see? Send me to any doctor you want, any doctor that you want, and let's get their feedback on what is going on with me. So far, every doctor has cleared me, cleared me that they have sent me to, and so there is a chance. I used to think that the percentage of the WWE ever clearing me was low. I, th I think with the stuff that I have done, it has gone a little higher, but I don't know how much higher. With how everything, with how everything is, there is one way to go if I don't get cleared. And then there's another way to go if I'm cleared. I'm hoping to be cleared, but I don't know which way it goes. Obviously, this was, as I said, a little bit, a little, you know, a little while ago. So since then, obviously, he's been cleared. That's what we're talking about right now. Yeah, so there's speculation that he'll take part in WrestleMania 34 next month. Um, and obviously, he won't face Shinsuke Nakamura since he's since Nakamura is already facing AJ Styles for, for the WWE Championship. Um... Yeah, and I think personally, I think that he's going to get a huge reaction from the crowd, considering how big of a fan favorite he was in the years leading up to, in the couple years leading up to his retirement. Uh, so obviously, you know, yeah, I think he was going to get a huge reaction. Now switching gears to NFL football. Um, the the NFL competition committee is planning to change uh, the catch rule and the replay process. Uh, yeah, so NFL executive vice president of football operations Troy Vincent said on Tuesday that the league is closing in. I'm clarifying its catch rule. Um, he said, quote, slight movement of the ball. It looks it looks like we'll reverse, reverse that, he said. Going to the ground, it looks like that's going to be eliminated and we'll go back to the old replay standard of reverse the call on the field only when it's indisputable. He also added that the competition committee is looking to finalize its proposal Tuesday before presenting it at next week's annual league meeting in Orlando, Florida. He explained the process of determining what should be ruled a catch. Quote, we worked backward. We looked at plays and said, do you want that to be a catch? And then we applied that to the rule. He also added that only indisputable video evidence will change the call on the field rather, th rather than the previous clear and obvious requirement. Uh, NFL Senior Vice President of Officiating, Al Riveron, further described the process and showed a few plays from 2017 that prompted the league to, to look into the rule. Uh, he obviously mentioned the infamous play with Des Bryant, which, if for those of you unaware, late in the Dallas Cowboys NFC Divisional game versus the Green Bay Packers in January 2015, as Bryant seemingly caught a pass that would have put Dallas in a goal-to-go situation. Officials, however, later ruled it a non-catch uh, because the ball moved when, when it hit the ground, or when Des hit the ground. So Dallas ended up losing 26-21. to 
Um, so, so I, I like this because um, I think the, the rules, the, the rule, this rule specifically, and a lot of other rules, but I'm not getting into that. But this rule specifically is ridiculous, and I'm glad that they're doing something about it. And I feel for Cowboys fans, uh, you know, because they, who knows, they would have beat the Packers. Who knows, they could have made it to the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl. But you know, then now they never know because they were robbed because of a controversial call that people still talk about today. Now switching gears to this is a I don't know if you consider this NCAA or NBA, but anyway, Trey Young declares for the 2018 NBA draft after one year at Oklahoma. It's not very surprising to me personally because he dominated during his freshman season. Uh, he led the Division One basketball, men's Division One basketball, in both points, 27.4 and assists, 8.7 per game. However, that didn't translate much in, into much success in the NCAA tournament as Rhode Island defeated Oklahoma in opening round. Uh, game, which was a great game, by the way. Um, he's probably going to be a lottery pick, and he could even sneak into the top five, depending on he, how teams evaluate him, in my opinion. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's the right move for, for Trey, I think. I mean, staying in college and developing never hurt anyone, but, you know, all these guys, they want to get to the money as fast as possible. But So I think for Trey, I think it's, it's his best... Um, you know, best move, like, it's the best move for him. Um, now switching gears, switching gears back to the NFL football. Eric Decker reportedly is going to have a free agency visit with the Oakland Raiders. He spent the 2017 season with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, he's coming off a, a season where he, where he tallied 54 catches for 563 yards and only one touchdown. Pro football focus graded him as the league's number 60 wide receiver. Um, he missed all but three games with the New York Jets in 2016 because of a shoulder injury. But before that, he was one of the league's most reliable targets. Decker recorded at least 80 receptions for 1,000 yards and 11 touchdowns in three or four seasons from 2012 through 2015 with the Jets and Broncos, who selected him in the third round of the 2010 draft. Oakland obviously already added uh, wide receiver Jordy Nelson and running back Doug Martin. He'd be seeking to, to get a few late career resurgences here, in my opinion. He'd likely operate out of the slot with, with Nelson and Amari Cooper on the outside for Derek Carr as part of an offense that also features veteran running back Marshawn Lynch. So um, Oakland's looking pretty good. Uh, now, we have another player that declared for the NBA draft. Mohamed Bamba will declare after one season with Texas. Uh, he was expected to be a one-and-done at the college level, like from the beginning. He averaged 12.9 points, 10.5 rebounds, and 3.6 blocks per game in the season. Uh, he he left his team 12th in adjusted defensive efficiency, uh, which you know, 94 points allowed per 100 possessions. However, it wasn't enough for the 10th seeded Texas Longhorns to advance past the first round of the men's tournament, where they lost to number seven Nevada by a score of 87-83 in overtime. So it's it's, it's kind of interesting how. Uh, the guy that I talked about previously, Trey Young and uh, Muhammad Bamba, they both um, were star players on on teams that would be mediocre without them, and they both lost in the first round of the tournament in overtime. So that's pretty interesting. Um. So. So yeah, this is obviously it's I it's same thing as with Trey Young. It's the best. It's the right move for Bamba, personally. Bamba. Um. There was a report earlier that the. The Detroit Pistons were uh, targeting Chauncey Billups, the former star player for the Pistons. Um, 
like, you know, to bring him into the front office and the Pistons denied that report. On, on Tuesday, Mark Stein of the New York Times reported the Pistons are interested in hiring Billups to work alongside Vice Chairman Arn Tellum in a totally, in a quote, totally revamped front office. Uh, Pistons spokesperson Mark Barnhill called the report, quote, false, per Vince Ellis and Kirkland Crawford of the Detroit Free Press. Um, Billups then addressed the report. He said, quote, I'm very happy with the on-air opportunities ESPN has given me to talk about the NBA in the studio and at games. Of course, I love my Pistons in Detroit, but I would never push for a job with any NBA franchise that is not open. That is not part of my character. Rick Bonnell of the Charlotte Reserver reported last month that Pistons GM Jeff Bauer would have interest in the Charlotte Hornets GM job um, and his contract expires after this year. Billups was reportedly in the running to be the Cavs general manager last summer before withdrawing from consideration in July. You know, Billups is a 17-year NBA veteran. He spent eight seasons with the Pistons. He was named MVP of the 2014 Finals when the Pistons beat the My Los Angeles Lakers in five games. The Pistons retired Billups' number one jersey at a ceremony during a game against the Denver Nuggets. So, as I said earlier, he's a legend in the city of Detroit and with the Pistons. Um... Not staying in, in the NBA. Uh, Kyrie Irving, star point guard for the Boston Celtics, is going to have a second option on his on knee injury, and he may not uh, join his like you know be with the team for their road trip. The Celtics announced Irving will get a second opinion on his knee and may not travel for the upcoming road trip. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN also added that there's, that there's no structural damage and rest might be the best remedy. Um, Adrian Wojnarowski reported on March 12th that the Celtics were confident Irving's knee soreness was only a tendonitis and wouldn't cause him to miss significant time. Irving's last appearance came during Boston's loss to the Indiana Pacers on March 11th. He has missed the last three games and has already been ruled out for tonight's game against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, Irving appeared in 60 games for the Celtics this year, and he's, he's leading the team in scoring and assists with 24.4 and 5.1 respectively per game. Now, switching gears to boxing, this here is very interesting. Um, Gennady Golovkin calls Canelo Alvarez a drug cheat and Oscar De La Hoya dirty. Uh, Gennady Golovkin accused Saul Canelo Alvarez of being a long-term user of performance-enhancing drugs and said the Mexican superstar's golden boy boxing promoter Oscar De La Hoya was also, quote, dirty during his own boxing career. On Tuesday, Martin Rogers of USA Today passed along comments Triple G made to reporters at his training camp ahead of the hugely highly anticipated uh, rematch on May 5th at T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. Quote, Canelo's team are using these drugs and everybody's trying to pretend it's not happening. This guy, he knows. This is not the first day in boxing. He proves he gets benefits from everyone and he can get away with it. The commentators commission, doping commission, this is a very bad business. Uh, it's not sport. Check him on a lie detector and then we can find out everything. Alvarez, as I've uh, talked about a few times already, tested positive for traces of clembuterol which is a banned substance during a voluntary testing in February leading up to the fight. The Associated Press reported that Canelo's camp distributed the failed test, or attributed, excuse me, the failed test to contaminated meat, which I also mentioned earlier. Um, this is what Canelo Alvarez said himself. Quote, I am an athlete who respects the sport, and this surprises me and bothers me because it had never happened to me. I will submit to all the tests that, that require me to clarify this embarrassing situation, and I trust that at the end the truth will prevail. Obviously, Triple G and Canelo fought to a draw in their hyped September meeting. Um, and Triple G is also saying that uh, Canelo, that he, he he knew that coming into the first fight that Canelo was taking PEDs. 
He said, quote, before the first fight, I knew he was not clean. Have a look at the video. He used some pills. It was pretty obvious when his muscles were all with traces of injections. Uh, I've known it for a long time. Um, and the Golden Boy president, Eric Gomez, provided a statement to USA Today responding to the allegations made by Triple G. He said, quote, it's ridiculous. GGG doesn't sound like a confident fighter. I guess he has a lot of insecurities. There is an investigation and we are cooperating. When it is complete, all the facts will come out. Canelo is a clean fighter. The facts and statistics back it up. Uh, Triple G also referred to members of the Nevada Athletic Commission as terrorists who are, quote, killing the sport and they belong in prison. Nevertheless, nevertheless he didn't suggest that, that the middleweight title match was in any danger of cancellation despite his, his suspicions. Uh, so that's very interesting. So me personally, um, I, I don't know. At first, I didn't think that Canelo was taking uh, performance-enhancing drugs, uh, you know, like on purpose to enhance his performance, obviously. But um, Triple G, I met the guy in real life. So uh, Triple G to me doesn't sound like a guy that, he doesn't seem like a person that would make stuff up like this. You know, he seems, he's, he's a very nice, humble, and respectful person. He doesn't seem like someone that would make stuff up. So I'm, I, I'm leaning towards believing him on this one. Now we're switching gears back to the NBA here. Uh, Mark Jackson is reportedly a candidate to replace Jeff Hornacek as the head coach of the New York Knicks. Uh, this was first reported by Kurt Helen of NBC Sports. Um, he may be, in my opinion, he may be an intriguing option for the Knicks, but Hornacek is still the coach for the time being. He recently said that he would like to know what his status is moving forward. Uh, the Knicks are currently 26-45 and 45 and already clinched their fifth straight losing season. Things haven't gotten much better in Hornacek's second season after New York, went 31 and 51 in 2016-17. Although the season-ending ACL tear for Kristaps Porzingis is a major reason for the struggles this year, in my opinion. Uh, so this is this is pretty interesting right here. So now I'm gonna do uh, what I usually do and cover the the LA sports. So and we're gonna start with the Lakers as we always do. So. As I said, they play tomorrow. I mean, excuse me, they play Thursday at 5 p.m. in New Orleans against the Pelicans. Obviously, the Pelicans are red hot because Anthony Davis is playing absolutely out of his mind. He's playing like an MVP caliber player um, after the injury to his, um, you know, teammate Demarcus Boogie Cousins. So now, the the Clippers, on the other hand, uh, they lost today by a score of 109 to 123. To the Minnesota Timberwolves in Minnesota, they fall to thirty-seven and thirty-three, and Minnesota improves to forty-one and thirty-one. So the Clippers' next game is tomorrow at five p.m. in Milwaukee against the Milwaukee Bucks. That's going to be a good game, in my opinion. Uh, now the LA Kings of the NHL National Hockey League. They lost today by a score of two to one in overtime to the Winnipeg Jets in Winnipeg, Canada. Uh, this was a great game. Uh, in my opinion, the Kings the Kings were so close to winning in overtime uh, with Tyler Toffoli's wrist shot. On the left side, it hit the post, but it didn't go in. So even I think, but I still think Winnipeg deserved the win. So and since Winnipeg won in overtime and not in regulation time, uh, the Kings still got a point. So as a result, they're still third in the Pacific. They're in the play, they're in the position to make the playoffs ahead of the rival Anaheim Ducks. And the Kings' next game is Thursday at six p.m. in uh, Denver, Colorado, against the Colorado Avalanche. So now the Anaheim Ducks, who I just mentioned. They're obviously fourth in the Pacific Division. Their next game is tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. In, in, Cal in Alberta, I mean, excuse me, in Calgary, Canada against the Calgary Flames. Um, and now MLB Baseball, the Dodgers. 
They beat the Oakland Athletics today by a score of eight to two. They improved to thirteen and thirteen level, and um, their next game is Thursday, March twenty second, against the Angels. The Dodgers are the home team. It's at seven oh five p.m. And now the the Angels, they uh, they lost today to the Arizona Diamondbacks by a score of six to five. So they now fall their record falls to twelve and fifteen, three games under five hundred. And the Arizona Diamondbacks improved to twelve and twelve, 12 and twelve. So as I just said, obviously the, since the Dodgers play the Angels, the next game for the Angels is against the Dodgers on Thursday, March twenty second at seven oh five p.m. The Dodgers are the home team. Um, now I mention this every time, but I'm gonna do it anyway. LA Galaxy's next game is Saturday, March 24th, 7 p.m. against the Vancouver Whitecaps in Carson, California. And then LAFC's next game is against the LA Galaxy on Saturday, March 31st at 12 p.m. The tickets, there are no more tickets available. It's sold out. Um, there's going to be, and now switching gears to boxing, there's going to be a great boxing event this uh, Saturday. Uh, it's between Dylan White. And Lucas Brown, Dylan White, has a record of 22-1 and with 16 knockouts. His only loss came to undefeated, almost unified heavyweight champion, uh, Anthony Joshua. At the time, Joshua was 14-0 and coming into the fight. And White was... Was 16-0, and so this was a big win for Joshua. And his opponent, uh, Lucas Brown, is 25-0 out of Australia. Uh, he's 25-0 with 22 knockouts. And uh, the fight is taking place in the O2 Arena in Greenwich. And it's for the World Boxing Council, WBC, Silver Heavyweight Championship of the World. So basically what that means is the winner is the uh, number one contender for Deontay Wilder's um, the WBC belt, who he, who he who just defended against, who defended it against the, uh, Luis Ortiz prevailing the 10th round TKO victory. Uh, now we're going to be covering uh, tennis, the Miami Open. So I'm not going to be quali- uh, covering uh, what qualifying matches. I'm just going into the main draw. So Carla Flipkins out of Belgium beat uh, Buzer Nesiku 6-2, 6-3 in straight sets on court one. Then Maria Sakari beat Ava Krunic from Serbia by a score of 7-5, 6-1. Uh, in two qualifiers, two American qualifiers, one beat the other 6-3, 6-1. Then Para, an American tennis player, Para beat Arubarena, 7-5, 6-4. That's a close match. And then Babos out of Hungary beat Barthel, the German player, 7-5, excuse me, 7-6, 6-3. Then Van Uytonsk out of Belgium beat Ukrainian uh, Bondarenko, 6-7, 7-5, 6-1. That's a close match. Um, then Anismova out of uh, America beat the great player out of China, Kiang Wang, 6-3, 1-6-6-2. Then Sasnovich beat Pliskova by a score of 1-6-7-6-7-5. Then um, Haddad Maya beat Heather Watson, uh, 7-6-6-2. Then Joanna Larson beat uh, Carolina Sinekova Sine- by a score of 4-6-7-6-7-5. Close match. I thought Sinekova had that one. Um, uh, Christina Canepi beat uh, Christina McHale by a score of 3-1 and then McHale retired in the first set then Aliyah Tomjanovic beat uh, Tsurenko out of Ukraine by a score of 
three six six four seven five. This was crazy because Tarenko was up five two in the third set. She just needed to win one more game, and she ended up losing five straight and lost the match. So that's it for the women's singles today. Now on the men's side, uh, there were only qualifying matches today, so I'm not going to cover them, and I'm not going to be covering the schedule for tomorrow. If for now, because there's too many matches to, to go through. It's just too much time. I already covered the scores of today. I'll cover, I'll cover these matches after they're completed tomorrow on tomorrow's episode. Uh, so that's that. Uh, it's a bit of a shorter episode today. That's all I'm going to be covering today. I will be really, I'll, will probably be releasing a special edition episode with my buddy, Andre, who knows a lot about tennis. We're going to be talking about strictly about tennis. It's a special edition episode. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's about it. Uh, episodes 1 through 12 are on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, and my website. Uh, links to all those are on Instagram. Uh, and they will be on Facebook and Twitter soon. We're trying to get the show, as I keep mentioning, on Spotify and YouTube. Uh, it's not working out that well for now. So again, thank you guys for listening. I appreciate all the support. And um, that's it. Give me any feedback or any you know, any comments that you guys have. Thank you for listening again. We are...